Yo, what's up? <clears throat> Yo, what's up? We're here, um, and this is Spilt Milk. And I'm actually in my apartment right now. I'm sitting, I'm chilling. Um, I guess if you subscribe to Patreon, you can see the video if you want to watch the video. Um, I'm good, man. Uh, if you don't know, uh, I retired from doing podcasts and podcasting as a career and as a thing. Uh, and honestly, I don't even have a podcast mic with me right now. Actually, they're currently all uh, with Pavi for the H&B Media stuff. Um, so I'm on my AirPods right now. And I don't know that the, the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock fiasco. I don't know. I've been, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Um, and I feel like there aren't enough. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have been shying away from um, their opinions as it pertains to like being on a public platform. And it might just be because it happened on Sunday. So people didn't have time to like shoot content for it, but I don't really feel like it's been enough content around. It's been a lot of discourse like on the internet and in people's Instagram stories and stuff like that. But I don't think anybody in terms of content um, other than like, I think Andrew Schultz flagrant two, they did something. Um, I know Joe Rogan spoke about it. Other than that, I don't really think anybody has, I mean, the view has spoken about it and, Dr. Umar spoke to, spoke about it very eloquently. And so did Kwame Brown, actually. Kwame Brown actually made some very, very good points. Um, and the first point he started out with was, or one of them was, why would we expect people who are rich and famous or celebrities that have had to essentially spend their whole life, um, you know, fighting for stuff and then kind of once you reach a certain level you spend all your time and i can attest to this which is one part of the reason that i retired from doing podcasting is like you know you spend enough time doing stuff um and then before you know it you kind of look up and not only has time passed you by life has passed you by but you've spent so much time taking abuse and i know this person and don't get me wrong i know that because we do hoops and brews and what we did or I did hoops and brews. I did past tense hoops and brews. Um, and the sheer nature of like hot takes and the hot take culture and sports. Um, I, I was aware of the criticism and the vitriol that we would face, um, from like our friends, you know what I mean? As we were coming up, like we were just talking and shit and, and fighting with our friends. And I'm sorry, it's a car alarm, but I'm not like, I'm not a podcast anymore. I'm not going to go back and edit it. So you're going to keep listening. Um, but I don't know, something within me just like, I, 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 I knew that once we got to a certain place in the sphere that the hate was going to kind of come with it. But a lot of the times it came from black people, which I was like, damn, this is kind of crazy. Cause like, you know, I mean, I'm a black man. I'm, I'm trying to build stuff up. Like black people favorite um, thing to say to me when we have hot takes or we had hot takes that would go viral be, 
you think you Stephen A. Smith, you a low budget Stephen A. Smith, you a low budget this and comparing me to other black people. And I used to always respond. And you can go back and look at all my tweets and I would say, I'm not any of them. I'm me. And not only am I me, I own or at least I participate in ownership of the thing that I work on, that I create, that I spend so much of my time working to get. So kind of as the thing that we built in Hoops and Brews started to just get bigger and bigger, the hatred in the comments, the hatred online, the, the hatred period, like, you know, like anytime you say anything, it becomes a powder keg. And it kind of got to the point for me where it stopped being enjoyable. You know, I mean, in the beginning, it was fun to sit up for eight hours defending my honor and proving that I'm not an idiot um, and explaining my points. But after a while, um, especially with so many opinions on the Internet and so many stupid opinions, kind of realized like people just choose what they want to be mad at and they just go and they attack it. And if your thought or your thinking isn't in line with what they're thinking is, then like you get attacked. Um, and you get attacked relentlessly, you get attacked constantly. Now, more times than not, um, when people see you in real life, even people that you've had confrontations with on the internet, it's never real, it's never no real smoke. Um, and it's not like I'm some kind of gangster or some shit. Fuck no, I've never been violent, never been one of them guys that was a tough guy. Like I grew up around people that was tough guys and gangsters and I ain't want to be one of them. I wanted to do something different with my life and inspire people. That's why we could yell and drink and fucking argue with each other. But that's my brother, you know, having my brother, not my blood brother, but my actual brother in life. Um, um, but it's just, it, it, it just got to the point where for me, it wasn't fun anymore. And it's not, and it's not fun being the butt of the joke. Um, or, having to argue with people um because you have an opinion and albeit biased if it's not surrounded with hatred it's kind of like whatever but the problem is is after a while you build up so much negative energy and you take in so many negative vibes it damn to make you want to snap um and People, you know, since I retired from podcasting, keep walking up to me and they're like, yo, why you retired from podcasts? I'm like, man, because I want to fucking kill myself. And part of that's hyperbole. Part of it is like some deep rooted shit that obviously I probably got going on in my head. But it's moments where you kind of are in the shit and you just like, man, this shit sucks. Like I spent all my time. All put in all my effort, put in all my energy um, to entertain people, to get people to um, um, want to aspire to entertain and do things on the level that I'm doing them. For us to even have inspired so many hundreds of people that will go on to inspire thousands or millions. Um, you know, it's a lot of people that I touched in this industry that I put on. And after so many years of so many people being ungrateful and being backstabbed by so many people and so many people that you love and you care about and you go and you look out for and you make sure that they're good and you think that you cultivate relationships with them that will last forever. Um, and you think that those people genuinely in their hearts have love for you. And I think part of that is the issue that Will was having with Chris Rock. 
I know for a fact they've known each other for at least 25 years. Chris Rock was on Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince has been off the air for over 20, it might be over 25 years, been off the air. So if you're Will Smith and you Chris Rock, part of it is if you love me the way I love everybody else, right? Which is my big problem, my big crux with a lot of people. It's like, if you loved me as much as I loved everybody else, and you cared about me as much as I cared about you and I loved you. And we had great interactions before, never anything that I'd ever did personally that I feel to disrespect you or your character or your family or your wife or your children or your personal appearance. You've acted on my show. We've seen each other around the town and the business you know me, you know, and it's not like we're friends, but we don't have to be friends to have a mutual respect for each other and our families. And I understand that Chris Rock is a comedian and Will Smith himself acts in a lot of comedy movies, right? So you would think that Will would understand like, oh, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. But even me personally, right? I've had black people that I know to this day that I've seen have sex with white women, go to the club, hang out with white women. I've had black women that I know who date white men and love white men and all this other stuff. And I'm not racist. I don't care nothing about that, right? But these same people, when the George Floyd thing was happening and all of this racial injustice stuff that was going on in the NBA, and I said that a lot of it was posturing and for publicity, called me a coon, right? Now, how is it that I'm a coon? How is it that I'm a coon simply for disagreeing with the discourse that's currently going on, right? But these are people that I know. These are people that I thought cared about me, that I thought were, if they weren't my friends, which a, a couple of them I actually thought was my friends, if they weren't my friends, we were at least close acquaintances. I've at least helped some people that they know get money. I've helped people that they know to do things. They say that I inspire them or they said that I inspire them. But it was it was at least like four or five people like calling me coons and and all kind of stuff. I mean, like, yo, TP and fucking uh, tap dance, all this other weird stuff. And it's like, bro, if we were in person, nobody would call me a coon to my face. And it's not that I'm violent or confrontational. Right. But it's like these things get said so passively because we're in a form constantly where we feel like we can say whatever the fuck we want to say. And where I'm from, and I've said this many times on the Internet because people have disrespected my girlfriends. Somebody even said something about my child one time. Right. So people have talked about me. They've said negative stuff about my mother. I've been called gay. I've been called the F word relating to gay people. I've been called retarded. I've been called every single expletive you can think of. I've been called a nigger numerous times on the internet. And when you see people, the, the experience is never matching. It's always different because people don't care about their words when it could negatively affect someone as long as they feel as though they can gain some social currency. And if you don't know anything about social currency, actually, I'm going to read the definition of social currency. 
hold on, social currency. The definition of social currency, according to Forbes, social currency is basically influence currency. There is a monetary value to brands, followers, likes, comments, shares, and views. It is the extent to which people basically share the brand information or a lifestyle for those influencers who share part of their everyday lives. Now, social currency, as the way Forbes just explained, it only pertains to the internet. But social currency as a concept can be about anything. I have social currency in the real world because people know that I play basketball. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that I cover basketball and I'm a basketball reporter, basketball enthusiast, basketball aficionado, quote on with quotation marks, right? But, right, expert, all the other shit, right? Um, God damn it, what I was saying. But as it pertains to social currency, when people see me at work by the water cooler before COVID, or when people see me out at the bar, or they see me at a restaurant, or they see me at the Clippers game, and they're like, oh, shit, TPJ. They want to talk about basketball. So I have high favor and, high, and a high value of social currency as it pertains to my knowledge of basketball, right? Chris Rock has a high value of social currency as it pertains to being a comedian. He is one of the greatest comedians of all time. He's one of the most notable voices to ever be recorded in the history of auditory audio. He has one of the most distinct voices, distinct personalities, distinct forms of, com uh, of comedy, and distinct brand. We know what Chris Rock is about. We also know Chris Rock went through an ugly divorce and he decided to take his divorce and what happened in that and turn it into a stand-up comedy special for people to be able to ridicule, laugh along, et cetera, et cetera. Will Smith and what is lost in all of this, Will Smith didn't say that Jada had an entanglement. Jada wasn't even the first one to openly and publicly acknowledge that they had an entanglement, which is which was she cheated on him while she was supposed to be helping him to rehab through his issues he was going through because he was abusing alcohol and drugs, right? August Alcina made a song where he hinted at having sex with Jada Pinkett Smith. People put two and two together, and then after that, August confirmed it, did some interviews, and then from there, it was no longer something that Will Smith or Jada Pinkett Smith could control. So you either let the rumors and all of the crazy stuff continue to permeate and spread throughout the public. And August is going to go on to sell his album that won't sell shit, but he ruins your life and your entire family dynamic, not only by sleeping with your wife, but also publicly telling the world that he slept with your wife and forcing you and your wife to in front of the world disgrace yourself when you could have kept your adultery and what you all did as adults to yourself so this notion that will smith and jada pinkett smith are so open about their marriage that they just told the whole world willingly that she slept with august alcina is a lie the very premise of it is a lie she was ousted by a younger scorn lover and Will had to pay for the consequences. Now, albeit Will has been in the media for his relations with women, including Margot Robbie, 
who he was seen on a balcony, basically half naked with drunk. And he was just like, yo, we were, we got drunk and we was wilding out. Nothing happened. While they was filming that heist movie that he made. So he has been in the news for doing things. But none of his lovers have ever come forth and ousted him in front of the world on, a pub, on public platforms and on record. So if you're Will Smith, yeah, I might have fucked up and a paparazzi might have caught me one time. But there is no context to what happened in that room, only to what you see in that picture, which I can provide context for if you need. Because clearly, as he has grown and progressed, he has become much more, especially in his dramatic roles and more serious roles, a method actor. We saw it with Ali. We see it all the time. He is a method actor. And they are fucking crazy because they have to put themselves in the mind of another person and embody that person and live in that person for months on end. And then when they're done, they have to shed that weight and get rid of it. Will didn't ask to be ousted in front of the world and, 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 and have people make memes of him crying because his wife that he loves. And, and literally, I wrote down some quotes from his book because I'm listening to his audible book. He says, throughout my life, I have been haunted by an agonizing sense that I am failing uh, the women I love. He then go on to say, and I'm paraphrasing now, but that is a direct quote. He then goes to say how he always tries to overcompensate and overlove his women, even sometimes to the detriment of where they might not even need anything. And Jada Pinkett Smith talked about how she was miserable and didn't want to be with him anymore. And they separated when he threw her their birthday party that she didn't ask for because he wanted to do it because he felt good about doing it. And it was more for him than it was for her. We heard about that. They are open about stuff, but the August Alcina stuff, they weren't open about that until the world embarrassed the man and turned him into a fucking crybaby me, myself included. So if you add in all this context and you add in 2016, where this man literally said he compared your wife attending uh, the Oscars to fucking Rihanna. And I think people don't really understand, number one, how disrespectful that is to Rihanna. Number two, how disrespectful and rude that is to Jada Pinkett Smith. And number three, I fucking know you, Chris. I know you, bro. Yeah, you a comedian. But I know you, bro. I'm part of the reason... You continue to elevate your career. You came on my show, which was the number one show on NBC, I believe, at that point in time. I helped to, to elevate you. I've never denigrated you. I've never disparaged you. I've never done anything negative to you. But because the internet and people that do not know me have turned me into a joke, now to you, my, me and my wife's pain and my pain of feeling like I deserve to be nominated for this award when only white people were nominated. And part of the reason why niggas is nominated for this award right now, and I might win this motherfucker, is because we boycotted a couple years ago because we felt as though we were getting unfair treatment across the board. And it was some of the lowest, it was some of the lowest um, um, mix of minority and European white Americans or European white foreign people nominated for categories. So you can shit on my protests. You can compare my wife getting invited to the Oscars to you fucking Rihanna. You could never fuck Rihanna. 
my wife can act in a movie that can be nominated for the Grammys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the Oscars. You can never fuck Rihanna. Jada Pinkett Smith didn't been in the Matrix. She'd have been in all kind of shit. Who the fuck are you to say that my wife does not deserve an invite to the Oscars? Especially if I feel as though I put on one of the best acting performances this year, along with other black people, and we were shut out because of the industry that we are in and the people that control it are white and they don't give a shit about us. But black man, thank you for embarrassing me and my wife in front of the entire fucking world. So we cut to 2022. Chris Rock not hosting. It's supposed to be Wanda Sykes, Regina King, and I think it was Amy Schumer. I didn't even watch the Oscars. I've only seen Will's acceptance speech and him smacking the shit out of Chris Rock. I literally was not going to watch the Oscars, and I watch it every year. But after last year and that Oscar So White year in combination, I don't care about it anymore. And I'm a filmmaker, and I hope I win an Oscar one day. But I don't give a shit about it right now. So cut to 2022. None of the acting performances that you saw clearly were at the level of what Will did in King Richard. Now, I will admit, someone on the internet actually ruined King Richard for me. One of my homies tweeted like, man, Will, and he's from the South, like, man, Will Smith down South accent is terrible. And I didn't necessarily pay attention to the fact that Richard Williams is from the South. So as I watched the movie, what that person said to me affected the way I viewed Will Smith's acting performance. But it was still a masterful, it was still a masterful performance. He still embodied the character. He still embodied the role. He physically felt like someone else that was different. He should have probably won an Oscar for the pursuit of happiness. What he did then with his then son, who you still, even if you're acting and you're acting with your son, you got to be extra good just so that way your son can shine. And Jaden was amazing in that movie. And so was Will. The scene when they was crying in the subway. How was that not the best acting performance of the year? Anyways, we move forward to 2022. All the context is there. I know you, Chris. You disrespected my wife a few years ago. I let it slide. I've been getting disrespected, ridiculed, and embarrassed. And people can call it toxic mas I'm sorry, people can call it to toxic masculinity all they want, but masculinity runs the world. And we live in a world where toxic masculinity is the reason why our very nation is what it is. It is the reason why there are wars all around the world constantly because we live in a male dominated society. So it's, it, it's run literally by toxic masculinity. And for the average viewer or myself or other people, we see these spaces with these people that are regal and put on these pedestals, myself at one point in time included, not saying I'm Will Smith, I'm just saying to someone, I was someone when I was podcasting, I was an inspiration to someone. They woke up to tune in to watch me to be entertained. And when you do that, it's a certain level of responsibility that comes with that. But it's also, as he said in his speech, a level of disrespect that you just have to take. And it weighs on you. And I don't think he was offended by the joke. I don't think he was. I think he, especially if you know anything about comedy or you've been to comedy clubs, when you go to these things, when you're in a room and people are laughing, 
it's sec- it, 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 it's infectious. Everybody starts to laugh. So, of course, his initial reaction is, ha, 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 that's funny, right? But context. I've known you for 25 years, 30 years. We've roamed the same Hollywood together. We've probably been around each other forever. You went on a tirade and you compared my wife receiving an invitation to the Oscars to you having sex with Rihanna. I laugh, huh? Turn to my girl and I just see despair. And the guy who said in his biography or autobiography, throughout my life, I have been haunted by an agonizing sense that I am failing the women I love. Not gonna fail her again. And you can call it toxic masculinity all you want to. And I hear and I hear a lot of people saying, well, Jada could have defended herself. Yes, but that's no that's no longer her responsibility once she marries Will Smith. He is her protector. Now, him walking onto the stage as smoothly as he did and slapping the dog shit out of Chris Rock was uncalled for. He was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. If he would have slapped me, we would have been up there scrapping and they would have never invited either one of us back to the Oscars because I'm pretty sure Chris Rock had a live mic on him. So you hearing us scuffle and you hearing fuck and all of this other shit, they going to block this motherfucking time off for another fucking half hour and you ain't getting this award, nigga, because I'm beating your motherfucking ass or we scrapping until you knock me the fuck out, fake Ali. Sorry, stomach, stomach growl. So... It's unfortunate. It's embarrassing. But it's not embarrassing to black people to me. I wish all of you fucking losers, you African-American losers, stop saying that Will Smith embarrassed black people. Will Willard Smith, the second, embarrassed himself. Will Smith, you embarrassed your fucking self. And you've been embarrassing yourself. And your family has been embarrassing themselves publicly for the past two years. And I understand that in order for you to be the biggest movie star in the world, now you have to market. Like Kevin Hart turned being an actor into you have to be a social media star and marketer in order to be a movie star. Um I even think you see that with Michael B. Jordan and him being so open and forthright about his relationship and the pictures and all the other stuff. You have to have a presence online in order for you to be relevant. But I think Will Smith was better when he was off the internet and not better as a human being, but better up here, better mentally. Um, Because it weighs on you. It weighs on you. And when you see people that you love and you have people that you love that turn on you and they denigrate you and they disrespect you and they act as though you weren't a part of their ascension. And then you see those people hurting people that you feel you've always failed to protect. You react rashly and do 
stupid things. And I've even been trying to deal and, and react to life better in my own personal life because I'm going through a lot of stuff personally. And there have been so many moments where I want to lash out and just like yell, and scream or go off on people or tell all of the people off that I felt wrong me over the past six years or whatever, or call my father who used to beat my mom's ass and fucking tell him off because I ain't spoke to him in years, but he want me to talk to him. But I can't really speak to him before I tell him to speak my real mind, tell him how I feel about him. I don't fuck with him and why and, and make sure he understands the passion, the vigor. And also that part of it plays into it. And that's kind of why I understand why Will Smith did what he did, because I kind of was at the point before I retired, um, you know, last October, November, where I felt like I was about to like snap and not like snap and like harm somebody, but just like snap and fucking go crazy. And maybe tear up, not hurt hurt anybody, but just tear up a bunch of shit, or maybe get into a bar fight just so that way I could release some energy. I remember at one point in time, legit, I was like, man, I should just like I want to fight somebody. Like, I should just go get into a bar fight. I might lose, but like at least I can get that energy off. You know, when you have that aggressive pent up energy, um, and it's tough to be a man in a relationship, especially in a committed relationship, especially. A, a online or a celebrity couple. And I've been, my past two relationships, I kind of, well, actually my past three relationships, I kind of put on the internet and made it a thing. And I realized that that was kind of part of the detriment of my relationships because then everybody else's perception of what your relationship is now predicates what your relationship is because you sold people this ideology for so long of this thing being perfect and love at first sight and all other shit. Oh, we're back together and we're together. We're doing all this other stuff. We're going to Mexico. We're fucking going to Rosarita. We're fucking going this place. We're fucking going to San Diego. You know, like you spend so much time posting and displaying this thing. It becomes a thing. And once it becomes a thing, you're you open yourself to ridicule and um and 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 vitriol and it sucks and that's and even if you look at my instagram today i took my family off my instagram and i took my family off my instagram actually last year when i had an argument with a hoops and brews fan and he called me a virgin and i was like bro like I, if you know me, you know I'm not a virgin. And it's not even the insult of, it's same with Will. It's not the insult of the hair, right? It's the insult of like, you're assuming and making jokes about my personal life when you don't know me that well, but you know me. Because clearly you know me because you follow me on the internet and you made it your choice to respond and engage with me, right? And by Chris Rock telling that joke, he made it his thing to engage with Will Smith. And Chris Rock could have just made a joke about Will Smith. He did not have to say anything about Will Smith's wife. And also, if Will Smith, which he was the, the, the odds on favorite to win best actor, 
and you're a presenter there and you know this. And even Regina Hall, she made an off uh, um, an off-put comment about um, Jada and Will that I didn't respect on a night where I'm sitting front row and I'm probably gonna be honored with one of the greatest honors in my career for putting in the time and the work and the dedication to 25 years, 30 years later, win an Academy Award and become the fifth African-American man to ever win an Academy Award. You can't take it upon yourself to denigrate me and disrespect me and my wife on a night where I'm supposed to be honored and think that I'm supposed to spread love and show love. And I think that's ultimately what it boils down to. And Will Smith, you know, he talked about his father's relationship with his mother and how she used to beat him. And he said he performed to placate, I performed to placate my father. He's, he also said in his book, I love being in my father's home movies. He said, and that deep craving for his love and approval undoubtedly played a role in my desire to perform on film. And then later in that chapter, he says that he's always had throughout his life been haunted by an agonizing sense that he's failing the women that he loves. And regardless of what any one of us want to say, I think Will Smith, regardless of consequence, because he doesn't face any real consequence. I mean, send him to jail. Chris, Chris Rock can sue him. But if Chris Rock sue him, then like you're kind of a sucker. You are. I'm sorry, Chris Rock, you sue him, you're a sucker. But that's what it boils down to. But anyway, my kid is calling. I don't podcast no more. So I'm yeah, I'll be doing my dad life thing. So. Hope y'all enjoyed this spilled milk, man. Um, but Chris Rock, I genuinely think you still owe Jada Pinkett Smith an apology. And I think you owe Will Smith an apology. I think as black men, we have to stop tearing each other down when we get to the highest levels of where we can go. We have to stop calling people fake Stephen A. Smiths or fake Skip Baylesses or fake this or fake that and call them the first of whoever they are or respect who they say they are, respect their opinions, respect their family. Respect their wives, respect their children, respect them enough not to say that you're that that one of the most brilliant actors of all time wife would not be invited to the Oscars because the same chances of her being invited to the Oscars are the same as you having sex with a 28 year old pop star and you're a 50, 40 year old man. At a certain point, we have to look at what Chris Rock did and, get, and there has to be some level of, of accountability for him. And although Will Smith was wrong for striking him, I do understand why he did what he did. And he owes an apology. If the Academy wants to ban him from coming to the Oscars for a year, I'm fine with that. Don't take his trophy. And I hope Chris Rock learned to shut the fuck up. And I bet he won't disrespect nobody else, wife, because that man going to be coming for you. It's been spilled milk. I'm out this bitch. Just waking up in the morning, gotta thank God. I don't know, send a group text to my squad.